The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday, presented, of course, by DraftKings. Ani Bose, Vice President of Broadcasting for the NFL in the house. It is flex season, and I know a lot of people have flex questions. Heck, I have flex questions, and if I have flex questions, then you guys probably have some flex questions. I like to know the rules of engagement. I also like giving away winners. We're only two days away. From a new spread the word winner via social media, a new sponsor confirmation email winner, which we absolutely love, and a new YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of shout outs, Alec Armijo is our latest patron of the day. Remember, just go to patreon.com slash RT Media. Become a member of the private Tuckhead Slack channel. I know most of you, you're just going over there because you want the even money bets spreadsheet in black and white. I get that. That's fine. But check out some of the other threads on the other shows or beer or food or tuck spreads. I think you'll enjoy the other Tuckheads. They are absolutely awesome. Almost as awesome as Ani Bose. Big show time. The Big Show. So I've been looking forward to this interview for a bunch of different reasons for a long time, including because it's flex time now (laughs) in the NFL. And I want to make sure we all know the rules. We all know the logic. We all know what's going on. So who better to bring on than Ani Bose? He's the vice president of broadcasting for the NFL. Is it year 15 for you there now, Ani? It's actually, uh, I, I count with the Super Bowls. So I started at Super Bowl 41, and this is Super Bowl 58. So this is year 18 for me. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what's funny? I Googled you, and it says 15 year, but that's probably from three <laughs> years old. ago. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Um, it's funny, Ani, because I, I know I do, and other people do as well, because you do media – 
stuff when the schedule comes out. So people think of you and Mike North and Katz and all that. They think of you as the schedule people, right? Yep. So uh, I guess the first question is, what do you guys do this time of year? We, we know what you do <laughs> as soon as the season ends until the yep. schedule comes out, but what do you do this time of year? Yeah, it's a great question. I appreciate you asking, Ross, because, look, it's, it's a fun thing for us to be part of the scheduling team, and we get that day or two of media blitz every year, and, and we, we have a lot of fun with it. But, you know, the reality is we're all broadly, more broadly part of the broadcasting department, and we have a lot of responsibilities to our partners. You know, I saw you over the summer over at the CBS meetings. You know, we are constantly working with our partners on anything that has to do with the game on television or streaming or, you know, coverage of our live games, but also our big events. So scheduling is part of it. You said it's flex season. We're starting. We're always thinking about what the season and the schedule is going to look like. But my specific team and I, you know, we spend a lot of time just week to week on managing the games and making sure that all of our networks are getting everything they need. Their games go well, you know, a lot of reaction to, uh, Taylor Swift this past week and how do we help work out on that and things like that. But, you know, we're also big events. You know, this month we've had people on the ground in Las Vegas, of course, for the Super Bowl, but also in Orlando for Pro Bowl games, for draft in Detroit. So, you know, we're thinking ahead, we're cycling, and we're working hand-in-hand with whichever networks are covering those games and all of those planning and everything that goes around it. So constantly, you know, a lot going on because, you know, as you know very well, our, our networks are always engaged and we're lockstep with them. So there, there's, there's stuff going, you know, 12 months of the year. You know, it's interesting, Ani. Um, I called a, a game Titan Saints week one for CBS this year, which was awesome. I'll be doing another game later on this month in week eight. And this is no knock on college because I love doing college games. I love the passion, the atmosphere. You know, I adore college football. But it's just really impressive how smooth everything goes with the broadcast component of the NFL. It's just like bang, bang, bang. Everything is – I mean, I give you guys a lot of credit because I feel like when you do an NFL game – that part of it feels easy. You know, I do games on radio too, so I do a lot of NFL games, radio or TV. And it's just like clockwork. And I don't know why, but it just it seems like it runs a lot smoother and more efficiently than college. And again, no knock on college, but I guess kudos to you guys. No, we appreciate hearing that. And look, you know, for the colleges, I'm very appreciative that there's you know many different conferences and different jurisdictions you know we have the luxury and the privilege there's 32 teams and it's one jurisdiction but we take very seriously you know our partners with cbs fox espn nbc amazon they're incredible partners they're really professional and our job and we've got a really dedicated team who are all hands on deck is to make that process as smooth as possible for you guys whether that's going to practice and talking to the quarterback and the coach or getting the commercial breaks in and, and we're fully engaged and, and we appreciate that partnership. So to hear that from you is, is pretty gratifying because you've got a perspective that a lot of people don't have. Okay. So flex scheduling in some capacity uh, can start this week, or at least it is starting this week in the sense that you guys move the Bucks Lions game from one o'clock to four twenty-five PM. So am I correct in saying there's now there's four types of flex scheduling. There's one to four twenty-five, and vice versa. And then there's Sunday night flex. There's Monday night flex, 
and there's Thursday night flex, or am I mistaken there somewhere? No, you got it, Ross. And then a lot of that's new for this year, right? You know, flex scheduling as we've known it for the last, it started when I started, so 17 seasons, has really been that ability to flex that Sunday night game, take a game that may have fallen apart for whatever reason. I do want to make the point, right? Flex is not about getting the best game onto Sunday night football or these other windows. It's making sure that the games that are going to our biggest audiences haven't fallen apart, and it gives us that the ability to do that, CBS and Fox are able to protect games so that we're not taking their best game off a Sunday afternoon. So that's been the philosophy, and we've been able to expand that. You know, the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock, we call that early lates. That's been around for a long time, right? If it made sense to move a game that got better to a later window where we know the audiences are higher, we've, we've done that for a few decades. Sunday Night Flex, as I said, has been around for about 17 years, and then new this year, the Monday Night Flex was kind of baked into the new contracts that we did, and Thursday Night Flex is something that we kind of talked through and announced, um, you know, kind of in the spring. So four types, you hit it on the head, and, and it is about, you know, let's make sure we have some options and, and we're able to make sure that if a game really has fallen apart due to injury or other circumstances, we don't necessarily have to put that into an, a place where there's a big audience. You know, um, a couple thoughts. Number one... So, I don't know if it's uh, this week, week six, or last week, week five. That's the first week you can flex the early, late, and Sunday Night Football? So, which, which, one, which week is the first week you guys can do that? Yeah, so probably, you know, Sunday Night Football, week five is the first week we can do that. And, you know, just to hit it quickly, right, weeks five through 14 on Sunday nights, we can do that on two weeks' notice. Late in the season when, you know, we're trying to get the most high-stakes game in, we can do that on one-week notice. Uh, the early late, that move of that Detroit-Tampa game, typically we do that later in the season. But when there's an opportunity like that, the Lions and the Buccaneers are two really positive stories. It's an interesting matchup. It gives us the ability to move it late and get a little more exposure for that game. I think we felt good about that decision. It's, it's not something that we often do early as week six, but it's certainly something we're able to do. So I guess, um, you know, there were some weeks one through four Maybe some late games that ended up not being as appealing for whatever reason, Ani, uh, and, and even some prime time. Although, heck, week four, I think a lot of people were concerned about the Jets, and Zach Wilson yep. came out and played well and ended up being yep. a very competitive game. Has there ever been given any thought to, if there's a big injury like Rodgers or whatever, being able to flex some of those first four-week games? Look, there's always thought about it, right? And there's if you ask the scheduling team, we'd love to have it all flex, right? We'll announce two weeks at a time, and we can script it as all that. But as you know, you know, you got to book crews and schedule games and everything like that. So we're not going to get to that anytime soon. But look, the week five for Sunday night is, is a not a relatively new phenomenon, but, you know, years ago when Peyton Manning was hurt and very famously on Sunday night football, I think the Saints beat them something like 62-7, to seven. Uh, we instituted what we called earlier season flex, and that's why we can flex as early as week five now on Sunday night. You know, would we ever get there? I, I don't rule anything out, but we also, you know, like you said, right, you know, you might have written the Jets off in week four, and they came out and played a really strong game, and, you know, potentially, you know, we're in a position to win that game. So we don't want to overreact also, right? We want to let things play out. You know, we made decisions back in the spring. We want to believe in teams, and, you know, just because you got off to a tough start doesn't mean things are necessarily going to fall apart. I think as we get later into the season and playoff implications and everything else, the stakes are higher and we make a different decision point. You know, Ani, I understand um, some of the pushback on 
from season ticket holders or even people that just go to one game and theoretically that one game could be moved from Sunday to Thursday night or Monday night. I, I totally get their concerns, but you know, we're, we're talking about a handful of people, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands being inconvenienced versus millions of people. Right. And you know, selfishly, you know, I, I have to watch every standalone game because the next day I talk about it on the Ross Tucker podcast <laughs> And I want it to be a good game. So yeah. while I understand the concern of those people, it, it really is a bummer when there's a primetime standalone game that, as you've described it, has fallen apart for whatever reason with injuries or whatever, and nobody's excited about it. It's, it, it, it shouldn't feel like work to watch a primetime game. Look, I think that's a, a very fair and, and important observation. And we want to be respectful of everything. And when Sunday Night Flex came out in 2006, it was met with, you know, that's really disruptive and everything else. And just, you know, as stat for you, you know, we're pretty conservative. Over 17 years, we probably have flexed one and a half to two games on Sunday nights. You know, some years you have some exceptions. And I think last year we might have done three or four. And there's other years where you have one or zero. And we're going to be incredibly thoughtful about flexing to a Monday night or a Thursday night, right? This is the first year we've had them in play. We have to, you know, really be thoughtful about what's going on there. And that standard, like you said, you've got to watch them all. I watch them all. A lot of us watch them all. You know, you don't want to be bummed out about watching the game, but you don't want to just pull a game off and flex it because, you know, it's not quite as good as you hoped it would be. You know, one of the things that I'm sure you hear about a lot, and I see it on social media and I think a big reason for it is the popularity of the Red Zone channel and people having, I guess now it's YouTube and all that stuff. But can you explain the, I think like week four, you might have had nine early one o'clock games, including, you know, Dolphins, Bills and Browns, Ravens, and then only three late afternoon mm-hmm. games. Because I think in the Red Zone world we live in, a lot of people want it to be like seven and four, seven and five, so that each window always has compelling games, and Scott Hansen always <laughs> has a red zone to go to. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? It, it's a great question. It's one that we get a lot of questions about. Just to share with you, kind of philosophically, right? The, you know, the core. Most of your team's home. You know, if you're rooting for the home team, they're going to play most of their games Sunday at. at one o'clock in your local time zone, right? So most of our teams fall in the Eastern and Central time zone. So, you know, the bulk of our games are going to fall at one o'clock. Obviously, we have a lot more prime time and specialized windows. You know, we've got the 930 London games last week and the next couple of weeks. So that changes the dynamic. That's certainly probably, you know, the fact that the Falcons and the Jaguars played at 930 took one game out of the mix for Sunday afternoon. But we're always going to focus on let's have a great 425 national doubleheader game. And then, you know, there's going to naturally fall in. There's going to be games that are naturally West Coast games that fall into that 405 or 425 window. And some weeks the computer spits it out and there's four games, sometimes even five games. But sometimes like this past week, there's only three games. You know, we really want to avoid only two games. That's not good for anybody for a lot of reasons. But there's the dynamics of spreading 272 games out over 18 weeks. Some weeks are just going to be naturally more densely. We're going to get into buys now. You know, the, 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 the density of the games really determines a lot of that. We do 
you know, manipulate the chessboard where we can. But some of that is, I wouldn't, I don't want to say out of our control, but there's only so many games to go around that naturally fall late versus this is, you know, we're going to schedule, you know, this big doubleheader game there. Well, no matter what, Ani, when I'm watching Sundays, I'm drinking Labatt Blue Lights, usually with my daughters. They're not drinking Labatt Blue Light. They're just with me watching TV while I'm having Labatt Blue Light, just for clarity's sake. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Curious, uh, a couple weeks ago, you guys did the Toy Story broadcast. Uh, I was just curious what, what the reaction to that was and what, el- what else could potentially be in the works at some point. All right, not to turn the tables on you, but I, my daughters watch football with me too. They're a little older than yours, I know. But uh, what was the reaction in your house to that? You know what? They, they were not here. <laughs> so I did, not, I did not get a chance to watch that okay. uh, with them. And I was doing Eagles pregame on the radio, so I didn't nice. get a chance to eat either. I really just saw clips of it, but yeah. it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, look, I I think the reaction was exactly that, you know, in the social media universe and in the real time universe, it was really positive, right? I think, you know, very famously, we've done the Nickelodeon broadcast for three or four years now and wildcard games and Christmas and CBS announced that they're doing a Nickelodeon broadcast for the Super Bowl. And that's always about tapping into different audiences, getting people, you know, you know, whether it's your kids or nostalgia and give you something else to watch. It's not that much different than Peyton and Eli on Monday nights. If you're not necessarily engaged and want to listen to Joe and Troy, here's an alternative for you. And so that's the way we looked at it. It was an opportunity, a 930 in the morning game. ESPN doesn't get a ton of those. And obviously with the Disney, you know, intellectual property and the characters they have, they came to us and made this proposal. And we're like, this is great. You know, and the accomplishment, you know, really from our point of view was the technical piece where that game was running relatively in real time. And they were rendering Trevor Lawrence and Bijan Robinson in this Toy Story world and replicating exactly what they did. So I think, you know, there were some glitches early on that that credit to everybody involved. They solved, but they showed some side by side clips and they really replicated a lot those plays almost exactly. And meanwhile, you've got you know, Woody and Buzz and the Toy Story world in and around them. So, you know, really positive from our point of view. We love the creativity. We love the opportunity to try different things. Speaking of trying different things, Ani, uh, just curious with with uh, the expansion of legalized sports betting, what, what if anything, is next or going to be on the horizon there over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Look, you know... 5, 10, 15 years ago, I would have said we're never having a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So the world changes <laughs> very quickly. Um, you know, where we are right now, you know, you see it in the pregame shows and, and, you know, kind of letting, you know, get into the point where, you know, things that are pretty common vernacular, you know, the point spread over under things like that, letting that be in the shoulder programming. You know, are we ever going to get to a day where we're talking about it in the main broadcast I don't know the answer to that. You know, I think we're we're always going to be conservative. We're always going to kind of watch and, and see how our fans react. But on the margins of it, you know, if, if those of you who watch Amazon Prime Vision, you know, there's an alternate feed there where there is some amount of content, you know, in the L bar and things like that. You know, we've done a couple of uh, what we call it between the lines that were really data driven analytics and some amount of betting content on ESPN Plus. So. Where are we going to evolve? You know, I think we're open-minded. We want to see where we go, but we don't also want to, you know, really put something out there um, super aggressively. You know, we're always going to be conservative around that. Is that sort of the the value of ESPN Plus and Prime Video and NFL Plus and the streaming service is that 
it just seems like it's pretty easy with them to have alternate feeds for the games that they have the rights to. And maybe, maybe someday, and forget the gambling part, but you know, they, if they can have a Toy Story feed, if they can have a this feed, sure. you know, who knows? That maybe yep. there's one someday where it's just fantasy football they're talking or just betting they're talking, yep. whatever. Yeah, look, there's no doubt, right? That barrier of distribution, you don't have to have a channel on the cable system. You know, you're going to put Peyton and Eli on ESPN too, but the ability to put on ESPN Plus, if you went there this weekend, there was click here to watch the traditional broadcast and click here to watch the Toy Story broadcast. And that's just a, a technical flexibility that the, our streaming partners have, even the evolution of Sunday Ticket from, you know, linear on DirecTV to in my home on on uh, YouTube or YouTube TV. You know, just the ability to have multiple multi-views and things like that or to add Scott Hansen and the Red Zone into the multi-view. Those are things that just, you know, are a lot more challenging in a straight linear world. So we are absolutely engage with our partners and, and we encourage them like you know you have the ability to do things that the other partners don't necessarily have let's see where we can innovate together Ani, really appreciate the time always good to see you always good to talk with you thank you so much for coming on the show thanks ross love being here good stuff there with Ani. and listen i understand about people getting tickets to go to games you guys know one of our best sponsors that i love is the game time app which, by the way, that's actually interesting to bring up, the game time app, as it relates to flex scheduling. Because if a game gets moved, that's a great time to, to open up the game time app. We talked on the Even Money Betting Podcast yesterday. Take $160 to get in to that Patriots-Raiders game out in Vegas. Second year in a row, the Patriots have been there. I think it was $100 to go to the Vanderbilt-Georgia game I'm calling on Saturday. The bottom line is, literally as you're scrolling the prices, you can see the vantage point for where you would be when, if you bought those tickets. That's the key to me. And of course, the game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You'll get an average of 18% savings, by the way, which is wild. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code ROSS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem code ROSS for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Tux Takes. All right, Ross, a lot of news to get to today. We'll start at the Rams. They trade wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons in another 2025 pick swap. This, I mean, there is a template now, man. I, and this is what everybody's been traded for. Claypool and Randy Gregory and all the J.C. Jackson. One team trades the player and a six-round pick or a seventh-round pick. The other team trades a six-round pick. So you get the new player, and you just go down around in the draft. And these other teams, they get rid of the player they're ready to get rid of, and they move up around in the 2025 draft, which is a while away. Van Jefferson wasn't getting any burn in, in L.A. Puka Nakua had passed him up, and the Falcons... Look, Alameda Zacchaeus was like the number two receiver last year for the Falcons. He's number four for the Eagles, so... Van Jefferson probably can be one of the top three guys for the Falcons, and so that's why they bring him in. That that makes sense to me. 
We got a lot of injury news, unfortunately. We'll start with Lions cornerback Emmanuel Mosley has suffered a torn ACL in his first game back. Just unbelievable. I, I feel so sorry for him. It is really mentally devastating when you suffer uh, a season-ending injury like that and have to have a major surgery. I, I can't remember which is which, but he tore his right ACL last year and then first game back, tears his left ACL. I mean, you don't get to the NFL without being mentally tough, but geez, I mean, they're really testing Emmanuel Mosley. Cowboys linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch is headed to the IR with a neck injury. Keep an eye on that one, Jack. He's got a long history of neck injuries and just makes me wonder, you know, it always feels like he's an in, a neck injury away from just calling it quits. I'm not saying he's going to, but that's got to be a consideration at some point. Vikings, they have put wide receiver Justin Jefferson on the IR with a hamstring injury. Well, that's the biggest one, right, is the Jefferson injury. And the, and the interesting thing there is they're already putting it out there. Might be more than four weeks. He's not going to rush back. Didn't get the contract he wanted. All that stuff is already out there. So that tells you, unless the Vikings pay up, he might sit for a long time, which is the danger if you don't get a deal done with someone. By the way, in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com sales. Dolphins running back Devon Chan is out multiple weeks with a knee injury. Well, there was a couple of running back knee injuries. Chan, uh, that's not good. I mean, he's averaging, Jack, like over 11 yards a carry or something. So that is a major bummer for the Dolphins. And then James Conner for the Cardinals, too, I saw. They just put him on IR. He had been like a foundational piece for what they had been doing, running the ball for Arizona. That's why they got Tony Jones yesterday. That's not good. And Commander's All-Pro special teamer Jeremy Reeves has a partially torn ACL. Rough Tuesday in the NFL. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out! MyFrontPageStory.com, MyFrontPageStory.com, MyFrontPageStory.com. You want to win the contest? You want to be able to have your pick of whatever press pass you want? Get a glorious story from MyFrontPageStory.com for someone in your life. BackOfficeSchedule.com, Go-Bangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing.